Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspective. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WAGS of SEI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGS of SCI sent you. This podcast is brought to you in part by Megan Williamson, head coach at Ocean Rehab and Fitness. Live life with an SCI and looking to improve your fitness? Or maybe you're finished rehab and want to take the next step in strengthening your body. Megan Williamson at Ocean Rehab and Fitness now offers online adaptive training programs and one-on-one coaching to individuals around the world with spinal cord injuries. Visit www.oceaninsiderclub.com for more information on how you can get started on achieving a stronger you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wags of SEI podcast with your hosts, Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Today, we are talking about Caregiver Awareness Month. So as many of you know, September was all around SCI awareness, so spinal cord injury awareness. November is actually about caregiver awareness. So this is a topic that is always on our hearts as we are both caregivers to our partners. Um, 
And we would like to bring some awareness and do it in a really fun way. We have um, a huge partner for the month of November. We have Coloplast doing weekly giveaways for you guys for date nights and supplies. So that's going to be incredible. We have about, I want to say, two to three different giveaways from other uh, providers throughout the month. So we want to show our caregivers some love and appreciation for all that caregivers do for everybody. Yep, it's our time, ladies. November is Caregivers Awareness Month. And we also um, want to tell everybody about November 4th, which is, drumroll, um, it is International Wags of SCI Day which we have bestowed upon ourselves to create because it doesn't uh, coincide with any other international dates on the calendar for international celebration dates. So we've allocated November 4th as International Wags of SCI Day. And during this day, it's all about sharing who you are and why you're proud to be a WAG of SCI um, from your own Mm -hmm. perspective. It was really fun last year, actually. We had... All sorts of tags from you guys for Wags of SEI Day. We had one couple, um, they had a cake made for themselves. The, I, I think it was Dana. I think it was her husband that made her a cake that oh, said yeah, Happy yeah. Wags of SEI Day. So cute. That was really, yeah, that was really cute. So you guys all wore your swag, your Wags swag um, that day. So we'll be firing that stuff out again in pre- preparation for Wags of SEI Day. So this day is basically, you know, it's just a day set aside where you're showered with love. You should be showered with love every day. But this this day in particular is a really fun day. We usually, what did we do last year? What did you guys do last year? Um, we got some bubbly, some Prosecco, and we went to a nice lunch, um, brunch. And honestly, like now this year with COVID, nobody's really going out. So we're probably just going to get some sort of like a nice spread here, like maybe like charcuterie and just to whatever, just to relax and chill, maybe go on a nice walk, um, maybe do some like nice croissants in the morning, Mm, Uh, (laughs) maybe something like that. But like we were encouraging last year, all our to um, do something for themselves and have their partners do something for them, whatever they feel, but just to take the day to really like relish and appreciate yourself. It's so important. Everybody else has a day, right? There's days for sisters. There's days for mothers. There's days for everybody, right? Wags of SGI should have, yeah. Wags of SGI should have their own day. And also caregivers, like the whole month is for caregivers. So we're just kind of a very small niche in the world of caregivers. And we understand that. So like, it's a really good chance for women all over the world to use their powerful voices and their femininity to like really showcase, Hey, I'm proud of being a wag of SCI. I'm proud that I am a partner to someone with a spinal cord injury. And I'm proud that I'm making it work for me and my unique situation. Cause we're all so unique in our situations, right? Yeah, for sure. So whether you are full-time, part-time, uh, a caregiver to your partner. It's just a it's just a really fun way to bring a little bit of light in conversation. Um, however you want. You know, I feel like this day in particular is really great for our friends and family as well because it leaves room for questions about so why do you have this day? What does it mean to be a caregiver? So we'll see. I think you're right this year we're probably gonna lay low 
and just spend the day together and just feel the love and appreciation. And that is actually a really big piece to life in general. You want to feel appreciated. It's really important to feel appreciated when you're doing something, Um, you know, whether it's a job, whether you're, you know, you have a good friendship relationship. It's really nice to have somebody tell you that, that you're doing a good job. So again, we just want to keep it really light and positive and hopefully not too much pressure for anybody to do anything crazy or anything, but yeah. What did, what did you guys want to reflexology last year, right? Yeah, I think so. I think what happened was we, I think we too actually had champagne in the morning. I remember because I like, we both fell asleep at reflexology (laughs) and I was, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh God, that one glass of champagne, probably like I could have saved it for later because we were both so tired after. Yeah. Um, so we went to like foot reflexology where you sit in these great big comfy chairs. There's like curtains on both sides. So you can basically be in like this little um, this little like cave while they do reflexology on your feet. And for Dan, this was like the first time we weren't sure how it was going to turn out because we walk in and at that time it was a fairly busy place. It's really quiet though with like peaceful music they give you green tea when you get there but of course the question was like how am I going to transfer a quadriplegic into these chairs that are kind of like recliners so if you put pressure on them they go sliding back right you like fall back so that I was like oh god I just like like anything that we do for the first time with our partners, I was like praying, you know, yeah. thinking, I hope this works out well. And I hope he doesn't have like spasms or has to like cath in the middle of his massage or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. And yeah. it's like, you do have like a time block of an hour to be there. So, and it is kind of still in the open. So I didn't want it to feel awkward or embarrassing for him or anything. So was it hard to transfer him? No, it was okay, actually. Um, So Dan is a C6 quadriplegic. As many of you know, he does have some um, tries so he can help with the transfer. But it was it was a little trickier getting him back out of the chair because the chair was a bit lower. It was sliding around a bit. You know, they've got tile flooring. So it was really great, though, because the staff saw right away, like, okay, you know, this girl's trying to take her boyfriend out or whatever. And they helped, like they would hold the chair and like help me like lift him back in without like even being asked to or anything just kind of stepped in and helped out. Um, There was like a Yeah, there was like a male masseuse that I had. So he was like really great about that. And it was kind of like an unspoken language. Like, hey, we're here. You know, this is what we're doing. Um, Want to make it like as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. So that was good. And then I remember looking over at Dan and he was like passed out snoring. Yeah, when he was having his massage. Wow. And did he have more spasms? During? No, no. There were like literally no problems at all. It was like such a smooth sailing like and especially because after spinal cord injury I feel like he really likes his feet rubbed he likes like foot stuff like we have like a little soaker tub at home like a little jet soaker tub for his um he does himself he does like um little spa nights where he'll like fill the bucket and he'll put epsom salts in it and stuff like lavender salts or whatever Yeah. yeah And he loves to do those like at least, well, now he's in school, so not as frequent, but he would do like once a week. And it's really great because it is not only soothing, but, you know, because your feet aren't moving. 
their your your skin on your feet like kind of like almost like builds up like like I gave them like a foot scrub and there's so much dead skin that comes off so much we um, took your advice and got one of those things by the way did you yeah did you? one of those like rolling ones that was like digital yeah. and yeah. it honestly like it's great but like I can't rub Evan's feet too hard without him like flying his feet like fly everywhere it's like even like the slightest touch makes him spasm it seems so he has to get like super super high like he'll have to smoke like a bunch of his his uh vaporizer to like make it so that he's like relaxed or else it's like boom 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 ping ping everywhere water everywhere <laughs> but it's worth it though because it does help so much like the skin because I think we all yeah. under- underestimate you know when we're moving around we're sloughing dead skin off ourselves they don't move around right so it builds up right well the circulation of blood and stuff is going you know is active it's moving faster and things are just activated a little bit better so yeah those tubs are really really cool like I tried it once because I kind of doubted it and I was like this is actually really really nice and they always uh, I read in a I think it was a podcast or I read in a book somewhere that it's a really great way for people to like get some impurities out of them um, by soaking your feet and it just kind of like realigns you again too like I've noticed that like it's almost like a little meditation you know another another task to add to like your routine that grounds you a little bit so yeah that's really cool And it's always really, really important to take some time for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. And especially since these guys can't really go to a pedicure spa because usually mm -hmm. those chairs are so high up that there's no way they're getting in them. Right. And again, it's an appointment. So it's like, yeah, as you know, every appointment has so much time. You have to make the appointment. It has so much time allocated for the time slot for you to get in, get out. They have clients going in and out. So it's a whole thing of like, what if something goes wrong? At least this way you're like in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. And, um, and you can just be, you know, be comfortable. If something goes sideways, it's like, whatever, we'll just try again, you know? Yeah. And there is no pressure to like have that time. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good idea that you actually brought that up because I think for this year's Wags of SCI Day, I'm going to make myself a bicicleta drink, which is Campari and white wine with ice nice. and an orange slice and sit in the zero gravity chair and use the uh, pedicure spa for myself. Mm, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know what's funny is when I was looking on Amazon for them, I found a bunch of different ones. So that one you sent me and all that stuff and I... Evan was like, Evan brought up a good point. He's like, most of these, he's like, Brooke, most of these aren't automatic rollers. Most of them, you have to slide your own feet. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Like, that's a really good point. There were only a few that like had an automatic foot roller. Right. And so all the quad wives or para wives out there that are wanting to purchase a spa like that, make sure that it's um, automatic foot rollers so that they don't have to roll their feet because they can't roll their feet. (laughs) Yeah, right. And it works, and it works really well because you can do like the bubble settings, yeah. and adjust the temperature, and all that stuff. Maybe we'll add it in a link below of our podcast. Yes, today. let's do that. Let's do that. So, good idea. Good idea. Yeah. So, so anyway, so back to the reason behind Wegs of SEI Day is you know a little extra love for you and your partner. Um, Brooke and I, as many of you know, are really focusing our energy this year to, you know, tackle some policy issues regarding uh, being a caregiver and not being paid for being a caregiver. So 
Brooke and I had a conversation this morning from some news that she received. And this is why this is so important to you guys, that if you have a voice and you're not afraid to use your voice to fight for your own rights, because right now, Dan and I are actually, we're at his parents' house and we've been here since Thursday um, to give his parents a little break and let them go on a vacation. We're looking after his dog. And, you know, I, I, I don't mind doing Dan's care, but we're staying at a place where that's not really accessible. And every time I do like a sliding board transfer or when we, we have to do like bowel days and stuff, I'm like, you know, we keep on saying that I can't be paid or they keep on saying our, our um, healthcare services that I can't be paid to be his caregiver. But it's like the things that I'm doing is our duties of a caregiver or a nurse, we wouldn't be able to afford to have a traveling nurse. So I just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like, there has to be a bit of recognition there because it's not fair that our system is still so outdated um, that, you know, you have to provide some sort of support for your caregivers too, not just for the people that are injured who, you know, I feel like people don't really understand. Like when we talk about, oh, we want to be paid for care. Some people like would roll their eyes or be like, oh, what are they talking about? Like they want to be paid to be a girlfriend. But it's like, yeah, people, totally. right. People totally. don't understand that our service providers and insurance, government and private insurance will pay someone to come into the home who is not you with lesser qualifications than us to care for our partner. And when right. they're not there is when we pick up the slack or when we're traveling, like you're talking about now. And that's the issue is like, they're willing to pay someone anyways, but they will not pay a common law or a spouse, which is and, complete. Bullshit. And I think that, and I think the other side of that coin too, is not having to share your space with a nurse um, or somebody that they provide, right? Like you should have that choice to not have to live with a nurse in your home. I mean, like, our apartment is quite small. That's for Vancouver. This is what we can afford. And we still pay around $2,000 a month for a small, small one bedroom apartment. So having a third body in our home, like that can actually bring a little bit more stress into the house too, right? You're, it's two of you sharing your space, not just the person who's injured, you know? Well, so and it totally depends like on your personal preferences too. Like if you're the type of person that is like you're friends with your nurse, you don't actually care if someone's there, you, you know, you work full time and you want that in your life, then that's amazing. Yeah. We're talking about yeah, the people like us that don't necessarily I, want to live like that, which is a choice, right? Right. And we are, the thing is like, I have to be totally honest. We really, really love the care that we get. Like the women that we have has taken us years to land the same three women that we've known literally since Dan's injury and to have them um, on our team. They are people that we truly appreciate and value and have like regular conversations with. And, you know, every morning when they come in, we know who's coming and what time they're coming and we're excited to see them and see how their week is going and all that stuff too. So, but, but the, the thought same, of even them being around 24 seven, which is what would be required if Dan didn't have you in his life. Right. Which is kind right. of not something. And, and the biggest thing for us, and I've mentioned this a few times as well, on podcasts and stories is like, we have one bathroom. The bathroom situation has been a big issue in my life. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can't dare to have a coffee until 
your care is over or you have to get up really, really, really early, even earlier than we get up and have a coffee and do your stuff before the care comes in. So it's just like that really fine tuning, that balancing act between sharing your space and having the the necessary care provided for your partner too. Well, yeah, and, I mean, and there's all- a third person here. Like that you are someone that is in his life and you have to be considered. And that's the problem is that he <laughs> yeah. has a spouse. Yeah. He has a common law partner that is not considered, which is the biggest issue. Yeah. Why are you not considered, yeah. right? You have to be considered. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, all of this kind of to, to tie it all back together is this is the reason why we have Wags of SCI Day. And of course, Caregiver Awareness Month is so incredibly important. Um, you know, being a caregiver takes a lot of, it actually does take a lot of patience, a lot of skills. Not everybody can be a caregiver. We've talked about this before as well, that it takes a certain kind of personality to be able to be a caregiver. So for anybody who's not a caregiver, that's totally fine too. Like, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all going to need a caregiver at some point where, you know, caregivers are, they're people that take care of you when you're older as well. Like for instance, my mom was in a facility at this point. She's got caregivers, right? Mm -hmm. So all of us at some point will need one. It's, it's very important that we start speaking up for caregivers now so that when we are old people and we need care or God forbid we get sick, that we have somebody caring for us who's treated properly and equally and truly appreciates their job and what they do for, for everybody else. I'm hoping that, you know, due to COVID, um, I think, you know, when you, when you search, you know, family caregivers or unpaid caregivers on Google in the news, there there's pages and pages and pages of coverage that has happened and a lot of attention since COVID. Um, so the spotlight has been put on caregivers for the first time in a serious way in a long time. And it's because of what COVID has done to our communities, the communities of family caregivers and how, you know, our, we may not want mm-hmm. to invite somebody else that is working in the health industry to come into our homes anymore. And I know like there's a lot of us out there, especially Mm -hmm. higher level injuries who have like canceled their care because it's just too much of a risk to their own health. Like these caregivers have other clients, these caregivers, I mean, you can't trust everybody. Right. And so there's a lot of our community that are are without care for the first time. And I think another conversation that, you know, that can kind of stem from this too, is that a lot of the time, people in general, you have to have a job so you can provide for your family. A lot of our caregivers do have other family members, kids, mothers, you know, all these other things, um, other people in their families that they're still going to show up to work, even if they're feeling slightly off because they need to provide for their families. Exactly. And a lot of people don't understand, I guess, the balancing act between, okay, you're sick, stay home out of concern to, okay, I'm sick, but I need to provide for my family. So I'm just going to tough it out. Mm-hmm. And for us, that can be extremely dangerous. I mean, Dan and I canceled our care for three months 
right when COVID happened because we were just really scared. We weren't sure. And I know I've had friends kind of be like the naysayers being like, oh, Elena, like COVID's not a big deal. Like, oh, the government's trying to control you. They're trying to keep you at home. They're trying to keep you out of your gyms, you know, not being healthy, not caring for yourself, not participating in all these other activities and seeing friends and family. And this is horrible for your mental health. Like I've heard it all. I really have. And that's okay. That's your perspective. But at the end of the day, the reason why this is so huge in our community and so important is because these people also have not seen what it looks like for my partner to cough. You know, to be able to produce a cough, his diaphragm is not strong enough. It's, it's, it's more work for us. (laughs) Well, it kind of catches me off guard even daily when he, when he needs to cough. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's got something there that like, I'm always even still like, do you need help? Do you need help? Like, Mm -hmm. like it's when you don't see it and you don't get it, that's, that's a different story. And I've explained that to some of my friends being like, you know what? Like, that's totally cool. But for my partner to live his daily life, everything takes five times longer to do. Like even this morning for me to hop in the shower, I just go and hop in the shower for him. It's like we, okay. So we have to put on special shorts on him that are going to slide on the sliding board. We have to transfer from his wheelchair on the sliding board to the shower bench. Then I have to put his feet across into the tub. Then I have to slide him across. Then I have to take his shorts off. Then I have to get the water going. Then I have to pass him all the things that he needs to wash himself with like a cloth and soap and shampoo and all that stuff or I have to wash him like you know what I mean so Uh it's like everything in our lives from an able-bodied person's perspective saying you know COVID's not real that's cool if that works for you but that is not the case for us that's just not the reality and for us not to take it seriously it would be extremely ignorant it wouldn't be right well my thing has always been and you know this Elena that like people saying COVID is not a thing I don't care if I get it those are the people that are spreading it. And those are the people that are keeping it in keeping the, the, um, the infection rates high because they might not necessarily have any symptoms. Right. And that's also a problem with receiving Mm -hmm. care is like your care provider could be exposed to it and not even know. Um, and that's, you know, it's all a calculated risk. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it may not be a big issue for, you know, an able-bodied person that's young and healthy, but that attitude, it's not in favor of the collective. It's in favor of the self and it's in favor of the bubble that you surround yourself with. And that's fine, but I've always found it a little bit selfish and I, I don't care. People get, can get mad at me for saying that. I find it selfish in a way that you're thinking about yourself and your immediate surroundings. And you're not thinking about the fact that every single person has a role to play so that the collective can be safe. I just, well, and it's, it's also like the people that you come into contact with, like when you do go grocery shopping or when you do go and participate, um, being part of the community after you've decided you're not going to wear a mask or you're not going to do these things that it's like everybody that you, you know, come into contact with after that, I mean, let's face it. Are you measuring everywhere you go? If you're six feet away from the next person, you can't control other people. Like yesterday I was buying um, some sour cream at the store and this woman just came up behind me and just like literally was breathing down my neck. And I kind of felt like I was like, am I the one in the wrong being like, excuse me, can you like not like back off a little bit? Like, am I in the wrong that if I take another five steps forward and stay away from her? Like, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it kind of makes you think like, 
okay, I don't want to be rude, but I feel like you're not respecting my boundaries and you're not really thinking. Maybe you're just not thinking. And a lot of the time, sometimes when we're busy in life, you know, we're thinking about so many other things that we forget about, like the present, the awareness of uh, spatial, you know, but again, it's also, yeah, but again, it's also that attitude of like, it doesn't personally affect me. So therefore I don't care. And it's that Mm -hmm. attitude that has gotten humanity into so much trouble in the past and it's showing right now. And so my hope is, and I know wags of SCI in general, uh, our hope for this caregivers awareness month is that, you know, our posts and our topics and our discussions and everything that we're talking about that is of important importance to the caregiving community is going to actually be listened to more by people. There are people out there who have been enlightened by caregivers. There are people out there that because of COVID have seen another side that they didn't know really existed. And there's a spotlight put on caregivers like, wow, these people are holding up the medical system and are helping to contribute to our society in a very meaningful way. 80% of the time, not being paid at all, you know? Right. And I feel like, and I feel like, again, people always compare like being a parent with like caregiving, like parents are parents and they care for their kids Mm -hmm. and what kind of support is provided for them. But believe it or not, there is support provided for caregivers. You do get, or sorry, for parents, you do get even a little bit of money for your kids. You are recognized. Moms have all sorts of You get tax credits. Yeah. You know, and moms have wine, wine, you know, wine classes and groups and mom meetups and all these things. So it's like, well, why can't we also, I feel like it's not always well received when people hear, oh, caregivers, like, what is that? Yeah. But at the end of the day, we do have rely on caregivers. We've heard this so, so many times. The system relies on caregivers. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, so what happens if I get sick or I really like, let's say I got COVID. Let's just say hypothetically, what would we do? What would, what would I do? Like my partner can't take care of me. I'm sick now. Um, what am I going to do? Like, who's going to come and take care of me if I, if I got COVID and I couldn't be in the same facility as Dan or the same room or the same apartment. He wouldn't be able to come near me. Like, where would I go? What would I do? I have no idea. Right. And that's something that is a very real reality where it's like, if he got sick, that's very dangerous and scary and could be very much, you know, life threatening, but it's like, I would still be able to care for him. But if I get sick, there's nobody to care for me. Mm-hmm. And even so, if you got sick, like it would be so difficult for you to care for Dan. Like you would have I to wear, to. no, you would have to literally wear a surgical mask all the time. You would have to wear rubber gloves. You wouldn't be able to cough. Like you wouldn't be able, like the number one infection spreading um, statistic is through family, close family members that live in the same house. So like you would either have to leave and get someone else right. to come in or like, I, it would just be a nightmare. And right. And it's the provide, same. And who's. Yeah. And who's providing the, the finances for that? Nobody. Right. And this is the, this right. is like just the reason why, you know, cause I know what you're saying about friends. Like I've gotten some people saying that to me too. Like, well, it's, you should be okay. And like, but it's just like, if I bring something home for myself, it's just as disastrous because like all care, like all wags of SCI out there, know caregiving for someone else when you are sick is probably the worst thing in the entire world. Like I remember one time I had a flu 
And it, this was like two years into my husband's injury. I rarely get sick. I had a flu. And there was one day that I just literally was like, I cannot get out of bed. Like I can't. And we both had to lay in bed all day. He was feeling totally fine, but he was like, you know, I'll I'll just lay in bed. So he missed his appointments. He didn't get to get out of bed. He didn't get to do his bowel routine because I was sick. And thank God it was only one day because I can't even imagine having something that was more serious where you were like bed bound. And this is part of the problem, right? This is part of the caregiver Mm -hmm. problem is like, you know, we don't have benefits. We don't have people looking out for us yet. We're supporting the system and no one's supporting us. And it, it, it's a disaster yeah. if if we can't provide the care that we're providing right so it's it's pretty sad and it is kind of scary if you really think about it like if you really truly dissect it it's like the fact that there's nobody to care for us like that yeah. kind of freaks me out a yeah. little bit because yeah. that is the reality it's also partly the reason why I stopped being hung over in the mornings yeah. and stopped drinking at night <laughs> It's because I'm like being hung over and caring is the worst feeling of life. So I just stopped. But I mean, it's, you know, it's not, <laughs> I have a funny it's, story about that. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I drink. I'm like, Brooke, I'm like, I'm not drinking anymore. Like, that's it. I've had enough, not for any particular reason. But anyway, so now I just like have the tea at night and I feel I have tea with dinner now. It's so funny, but it's like, I feel so much better. But yeah, tell me your story. Well, this is for you and for all the caregivers out there who have been drastically hungover. Um, so I was, yeah. we were staying at an expensive hotel for my friend's wedding and we had booked the room for two nights and it was an accessible room at the Fairmont. It was very nice, but it was very expensive. And I remember we booked it for two nights and we were like, okay, this is all we can afford. And we were stretching it as it, as it is. We even got a little bit of a deal and it was still hundreds of dollars a night. And her wedding came along and we were supposed to go for brunch the next day and then we we're supposed to check out. And what happened was I had way too many shooters, way too many mixed drinks. I was literally mixing everything. We were all dancing. It was insane. <laughs> I ended up like with my head over the toilet for most of the night. Um, and oh poor, my God. <laughs> poor Evan was like, he, my brother was there and all the guys were out smoking cigars, helping Evan and stuff while I was throwing up. It was really, really embarrassing. Thank God you know, the bride wasn't mad at me, but uh, it was like, she was like sitting, she was sitting in her bed. I was throwing up. She had like the penthouse suite. I was like in her room. She was sitting in the bed with a couple of our other friends just laughing. And it was so embarrassing. And then the next day we were supposed to get up and do the routine. And so, you know, like all quadriplegics, it takes about, you know, two to three hours to, to, to get him up and going with his bowels and everything. And so like I set the alarm, I literally woke up and I was, I could not even raise my head up without spinning to the floor like I I couldn't even I couldn't raise my head up it was the most hungover I've ever been in my entire life and poor Evan was like totally fine because he didn't over drink he looked after himself and I looked over at him and I was like (laughs) oh my god we have to check out I can't even lift my head up and so Evan was just stuck there and so he's just like well I don't know what to do so I called downstairs and I said please, I'm desperate. Please tell me there's nobody else checking into this room after us. And she's like, no, no, you can have it for another night. And I literally, I always joke about it. And I was like, this is my $1,500 mistake. It's like to my friends, I'm like, this is literally my my $1,500 mistake at the Fairmont, drinking way too much, having to care give and not being able to. And so ever since then, I I was just like, this is the worst thing ever. No, no, I know. You can't. Even before like, no. And even before when you know it'd go out, we'd have like a glass or two of wine. Like it was yeah. never 
be anything crazy but (laughs) but yeah it's that is definitely a good point for caregivers so when it's caregiver awareness day on the fourth (laughs) don't over drink because the next day you're gonna regret it but it's yes and it's important to share these stories too because like people need to know they're not alone with this kind of stuff this is the kind of stuff that we deals with and this is the part of awareness that's important it's like it's not just the fluffy stuff it's the it's the it's the puking in the toilet and not being able to care give the next morning because you're your poor decisions it's important to share these things right and i i think it's kind of like a catch-22 it's like first of all you have the injury for the legs that are you know like pre-injury wags I guess because the comparison between being yeah. a caregiver and, and going into this role is quite different yeah but it's like first you have the injury so that it's like you're dealing with such high level of stress that you're looking for that something to take away you know yeah. kind of some of that stress so that it's like you drink and then you yeah. maybe you drink a little too much sometimes mm-hmm. because it is a stressful life <laughs> yeah. and then you're masking the, the, all those situations and all those feelings. And then the next day you're feeling like absolute crap. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I always say, um, I'm like, whatever you do, you have to undo. So whatever you're doing to yourself right now, you're going to have to undo it. That mm-hmm. means you're going to have to get sober again or feel better again, but it's going to take twice as long. So yeah. You know, these are some of the things that we've learned over the years that oh, we're so okay. we're so wise. <laughs> yeah, we're so the wise. wisdom has been With developed our... over the years by the ways that I drinking experience. Yeah. So and I mean, it's also kind of like our age and like the social culture around like yeah. drinking and alcohol and and substance, whatever. Yeah use or whatever um like I was saying to you the other day I'm not drinking ethanol and she's like ethanol I was like it is it's ethanol I've been reading a really great book called quit like a woman with it's by Holly Whittaker again this is not sponsored this podcast is not sponsored by her um but there's a lot of great information from like how and why alcohol is in our lives to you know she talks about like a new group that she developed that is specifically for women that's not AA so it's just like a really good feel good book actually even though the facts are quite like cringeworthy so if anyone wants to check it out it's a really good book to read I really like it I've learned so much from it and she's got some really great like quotes and things at the beginning of each chapter that I'm like yes this is like totally hitting home for me I love it Cool. Oh, so I always love. Power. Yeah, that's really cool. I like our followers really love those book recommendations. That's really cool. Um, well, you know, with all our hopes and dreams about this November and how it's going to be even better than last year and how we're going to make a big splash, we hope that anyone listening right now is going to come along with us and realize that you know we're the whole point of awareness is just talking about things that are normal to you. They may seem normal to you, but they're not normal. They're bringing awareness. You're bringing awareness just by sharing an aspect of your life with your personal followers. And so if you want to know, anyone who's listening right now wants to know what they can do in order to help, literally, it's just as simple as retweeting something or reposting something from the Wags account or sharing a personal photo of you and your partner. It can be as simple as that because that in itself helps to shift the narrative that people have about couples and caregivers and people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Awareness is the most powerful thing in the world. And the fact that we're a community of women that is growing each day, it seems, exponentially 
And we have such powerful voices and the, the world is looking at caregivers right now. So it's an important time to share your voice, to share your perspective, to share your thoughts on caregiving in general, and to be proud of who you are and your lifestyle and to promote change just by being yourself and just Absolutely. by, you know, sharing your own stories, right? Yeah. Share, share what you do that you consider caregiving because caregiving is not always like, you know, the mainstream sort of idea of caregiving, like they show in the movies. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we are like the modern day caregiver, I guess, like all of us women, we're doing, we're living our lives while Mm -hmm. balancing caregiving at the same time. And yeah, some of our stories might be goofy and silly, but this is real life people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, keep sharing your story with us too. We like to hear that people are human as well. And uh, we're not always perfect. There's no judgment here. There, you know, we're just here to kind of create more inclusion and create more conversation around what is life. Yeah. And we will um, be back um, to update you on our personal stories. Um, I know anyone who has tuned into previous episodes are aware of the fact that Elaine and I are both personally fighting for paid caregivers rights. We are on that journey. We're still very involved in that journey and we've had some very disappointing, but also necessary things happen on the way. And we are working towards a collective change. And we're hoping that this month and the article that's coming up about us, that's going to be written an investigative article uh, is going to come out Mm -hmm. towards the end of caregivers awareness month. So we're super excited about that. So stay tuned. There's a lot going on in November and yeah, I mean, Join us, even if it's just for the contests, right? We're going to have some amazing contests. (laughs) Exactly. We have a whole heap. And of course, if you know somebody who feels called to donate to one of the um, caregiver giveaways Mm -hmm. or a date night, please, please, please. Any amount is not too small. We'll take it all. (laughs) You know, you're, you're creating you're creating something good for somebody else. So paying it forward, like always, we're always interested in any ideas you guys have about how you'd like to contribute Mm -hmm. to our caregiver giveaways or Mm -hmm. date nights. So please send us an email to wagsofsci at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram, wagsofsci. Or you can also find us on Facebook, which is Wags of SEI. <laughs> so yeah. we are the wives and girlfriends of spinal cord injury, and we are here to create awareness, use our voices. And, you know, after after caregiver month is over, don't forget, this, this is still everybody's life. This is our life still, and we'll continue to fight for it. So we are here to spread love and positivity and awareness for all of our caregivers and wags out there. And also, if you or anybody you know is in business and wants to collaborate on something, we are all for highlighting the women in our community. Uh, we're all about featuring businesses by WAGS um, and supporting you on your personal journeys. So again, email us. You know the email. You know the website. Visit us anytime. Um, email us anytime. And we will be back next week with a brand new 
episode and um, launching November 1st is our graphic for season two of the Wags of SCI podcast. We're going to have, yeah, and we're going to have a contest to coincide with that. So make sure you're, you're tuning into our Instagram page um, so you can be part of that giveaway. So for everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in and we look forward to chatting next week. Next week. Adios. The advocacy and outreach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our Wags, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website, wagsofsci.com, or donate directly to the Wags of SCI GoFundMe page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.